Welcome to the Women's Cycling Weekly Podcast. Tilda, how are you today? Hello, I'm okay, thank you. How are you? I'm all right. I've just gotten over a disgusting cold. Non-COVID, but everyone heard about that in the newsletter, so I won't bash on about it, but I'm fine now. I just sound a bit bit funny, so sorry about that. Um, We've got a really exciting guest this week, haven't we? We have. I'm very excited about this. Like you said, what? what a guest we've scooped for this week <laughs> yeah not quite sure how we've actually managed this one um but before we get on to that um let's go over the week in women's cycling there's kind of not very much going on this week it's quite quiet um probably what will happen is we record this today and then all the news will come out tomorrow so it'll all just like end up in the newsletter but hey ho um so yeah let's quickly go through this um First up, uh, Anna Kiesenhofer, who was down to ride for the now doomed B&B Hotels team, has found a new home in the form of Israel Premier Tech Rolon. So that will be interesting because she, in the past, has said that she doesn't really like bunch racing, uh, hence why she just buggered off from the gun at the Olympics. Uh, so, yeah, maybe we'll see her in a few, a few more road races this year which could be could be interesting we obviously saw a was it the welter she did last year when she was off the front again for ages on one of the stages so yeah so she's racing the peloton and since the last episode we've had the Cadell Evans Great Ocean Road Race which was won by Lois Adekist who is the esports world champion racing for fdj now uh and she came to the line with amanda Sprat, the two of them and she kind of tactically played it really well she forced amanda Sprat onto the front and just came around her on the line so big win for her and finally it's the cyclocross world championships this weekend uh which is very relevant to our guest today um but some news on that is that we weren't sure before whether or not uh Shirin Van Anroy who's kind of one of the big three names young riders who dominate women's cyclocross at the minute um weren't sure whether she was going to race the under 23 race or the elite race and she's decided that she's going to race the under 23 race um she's got plenty of, plenty of time to get an elite world title I guess so she's she's pretty much nailed on for that one um because her two main competitors uh Puck Peters and Femme Van Empel are racing the elites and that's it have I missed anything I don't think so I don't think so it has been a quieter week for once obviously as you say I bet some massive story will come out today that we've missed but yeah it seems like after down under there's a little bit of like a lull now before the European season starts and everyone's a little bit quiet so yeah hopefully as this month um continues we will have a bit more to report to you yeah we have got one more world tour race before Omelette which is UAE tour next week but yeah I think we won't really see everything really get underway until we get towards the end of this month I reckon 
So on to our guest this week, our guest is a name that you'll be pretty familiar with if you follow cyclocross. Um, Puck Peters is part of a new generation of young like female cyclocross riders. She's only 20 years old and alongside Shirin Van Anroy and Fen Van Empel, she's kind of dominated things this year. We've seen, you know, the old guard, the likes, of, you know, Marina Voss and um, Pauline Ferran-Provost, Lucinda Brand, not quite there um, or not able to really compete with, with these girls. Puck is the current under-23 world and European champion. She's Dutch national champion. And this season, she's won four World Cups and hasn't been off the podium once. So every race that she's started, she's finished it on the podium, which is pretty impressive. Um, yeah, she's, she says at one point in this conversation you're about to hear that she had like a slower start to the season. But how you define slow? I don't know. <laughs> slow by her standards, not is like... <laughs> second and third instead of winning everything um as well as cross though she also races mountain biking as a second discipline which is quite it's not quite as common as often we see cross riders racing on the road uh in the summer but put actually races cross-country mountain biking and she's pretty good at that too uh last year she raced in the under 23 ranks and she won one of the World Cups in Leogang, and she also won the under-23 European title. So she's under-23 European champion in cross and mountain biking. Um, she came fourth in the overall ranking there, which means that this year she was given the option to race in the elites, which she's going to do. We talked a little bit about that as well. So she's going to come up against the likes of Pauline Ferran-Provost, Yolanda Neff, um, at racing the elite World Cups this year uh and her goal with that is to represent the Netherlands in Paris next year so she's still super young but she's got some big ambitions already um and if one of the things that Puck is kind of synonymous with is bunny hopping she was one of the first women to bunny hop the barriers in the cross races um and she's just generally like unbelievably skilled um, so we talked about that and also we talked about her teaching some of those skills to ex-pro Mitch Docker as part of a new film that you can find on GCN Plus, which is called There Will Be Mud, which I really like that title. Um, so, yeah, we talked about that with the World Championships this weekend. We also chatted to Pook about how she's feeling ahead of the race, what she thinks of the course, what she thinks of her chances and what she gets up to when she's just waiting for a race because she doesn't seem to do very well when she isn't riding her bike, basically. <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's hear from Pook. Welcome to the Women's Cycling Weekly podcast, Pook Peters. How are you today? Hey, good afternoon. I'm uh, good. Thank you. Good. Um, some season you've had so far. <laughs> I remember speaking to you for freewheeling a few months ago and you were telling me that your aim for the cross season this time round was podiums at World Cups. I think you've, uh, I think you've more than ticked that one off. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It went uh, <laughs> very well uh, this season. I haven't uh, been on the, off the podium yet, so uh, I hope to uh, keep that uh, going. Yeah, did you did you quietly expect that going into the season? Like, were you just being modest that time? Or... <laughs> well, yeah, I expected to be uh, on the podium more, 
last year. I yeah, I was on the podium at the end of the season a few times, but not that uh, regular. Uh, so I, I expected to be uh, more on the podium, but I didn't expect then Fem, Shirin and I to really take over uh, the big races uh, from uh, yeah the the other riders. Yeah, it's been quite, it's like a changing of the generations in cyclocross at the minute on women, on the women's side anyway. And you also managed four World Cup wins as well. Yes. Um, was that a surprise? Uh, well, yeah, at the beginning I became second quite a lot. And then I was like, ah, oh, need to win, need to win. But then uh, when the first one uh, came, I was lucky to, uh, yeah, to keep the momentum going and then it was uh, less of a surprise, of course. And um, from those times where you came second and you felt a little bit like, well, obviously you wanted to win, what did you kind of learn from those? And were there things that you were working on in that early part of the season that you changed to then take those wins? I tried to yeah, not let myself be pushed to the yeah, in second or third position as much, I think. More uh, somewhat aggressive racing, but maybe it's also... The difference in the races we ha- we've had at the beginning of the se- of the season, it were all quite fast races, uh, but that got decided into yeah the last lap, uh, and then yeah we all know Fem has a great uh, sprint, so then it's really difficult to uh, yeah to win those fast races. And after that we got some yeah some more mud, some more technical uh, races, and those were really more my kind of uh, of races, which made it also yeah I think easier to win and do you think this has given you this season um more confidence like you've kind of you and Femme and Shirin are now the pinnacle of women's cyclocross and kind of you've got Lucinda Brown and Marina Voss not quite going so well like does that give you confidence yeah I yeah I think so it's uh of course the more you race and the better it goes you more and more start to believe Bitting yourself that you can really uh, be up there and uh, be in between the the other girls, uh, which yeah gives you more confidence for the next races onwards, of course. And going into World Championships this week, um, obviously last weekend you and Fan didn't race each other. Was yeah. that? Did you know that you weren't going to come up against her? Was that a choice, or do you would you have liked yeah. another showdown before the Worlds? Yeah. I, of course, would have liked to uh, ride against her in uh, Besançon. Uh, but I knew before Benidorm that if Femme won, she, would, yeah, she wouldn't come to Benidorm because then she would already have the, the World Cup. Um, yeah, and I, really, I didn't really think about riding Halma because I di- didn't look at the, at the calendar that well. I was just like, yeah, I'll do all the World Cups because everyone will be there. But then suddenly everyone decided to go to Halma instead. Um, but yeah, I think we've had some uh, great battles over the past few weeks. And then yeah, the one week before Worlds to not have that battle, it maybe doesn't really matter that much. Or uh, it adds a bit of the to the suspense also, I, I think. Because then, uh, yeah, week without racing each other, then, then yeah, you really don't know uh, who's best. Yeah. And at, w- at what point did you decide, because you obviously, so you won the... European under 23 title at what point did you decide that you were going to go for the elite race at Worlds Mm, it was in the back of my head already before the season because 
I, I was like, yeah, if I can have a chance of a medal, I will want to do uh, the elites at Worlds. Um, and then before Europeans, I chickened out a bit on my choice to become elite because I thought about, yeah, then the, the consequences about not being able to wear the rainbow jersey of the under 23 anymore. And I really wanted to be uh, yeah, on the under 23 podium, yeah, get to train in a jersey. Uh, but also because I, yeah, I ha hadn't won a race yet before Europeans. Uh, but then I knew, yeah, around that time that if I kept riding on the podium, uh, yeah, I would probably ride elite. So the choice to ride elite wasn't that hard uh, anymore, luckily for me. You just don't like wearing the normal kit, do you? You need to have, you need yeah. <laughs> Now you've got the national one as well. Yeah, yeah, that's a good motivation. <laughs> I think the only, I think I raced three races this year in my normal kit. So those that were not Rod Cups. And then uh, the other races were all, uh, yeah, in the World Cup leaders jersey or in the national kit. Maybe another stripey one after this weekend. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Does it almost feel feel weird that um, it's going to be you and Femme, but without Shirin this time? Yeah, it's it's quite odd, of course. Normally we race uh, with three, but I still think it will be uh, just as big of a of a race. But now, yeah, Shirin can have an uh, an influence on the race with maybe an attack or uh, or yeah or pulling in in the front so it will change the the race a bit maybe but we'll have to see uh who of the other yeah women will be up there because i think yeah especially at worlds there are always a few who are uh yeah really getting into the the best form but outside of femme who do you have your kind of eye on as like the main competitors uh outside of femme I think I'll maybe, uh, I'll, I'll mostly look at uh, Selin. Because, uh, yeah, I've seen over the past few weeks how strong she was. We already saw that uh, at Nationals, where she was in between Femme and me. And that's the only person this season, I think, that was between us on any race. So <laughs> that was quite uh, quite good of her. Uh, especially at Hogeheide, I think... Uh, She's yeah, she's able to follow. But then at Worlds, we also are, always see that uh, Anna Marie is performing really well. Um, and then yeah, we can't ever forget about Lucinda, I think. And away from racing, well, it's kind of still racing. But talk to us about your budding YouTube career. What made you want to start <laughs> doing that? Yeah, well, I at the uh, mountain bike Worlds in the J, I bought a GoPro. Uh, because I wanted to analyze my lines a bit more from uh, mountain biking for the technique. And then this cross season, I was like, yeah, if I bought a GoPro, quite expensive, I want to use it because uh, otherwise it's laying in the closet the whole cross season. And then I just started uh, yeah, uploading the, the, the course previews and they uh, got received better than, uh, than I expected. I mean, they're also, it's not just like dry course previews you've got like funny commentary and <laughs> my favorite was the um the bike check one you did actually. Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> also because it was in English usually I'm like oh, I don't understand it but it looks like fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah we like after the the recon in Zonhoven I think 
we talked about it before and that's I had some comments about uh, doing a bike check then after the recon we were in the cal and we were like okay now is uh, now is a good time and the GoPro was almost empty so we had to do a quick uh, quick bike check but yeah we did, hadn't really looked up before and what all the, the specs were yeah I know of course what's on my bike but other people can see that too of course if you just look at the picture so I thought yeah we don't have to make it uh, too serious <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was it was a good video yeah are you gonna still film videos through the mountain bike season as well yeah if I'm up to it if the hotel has good, has good wi-fi I uh yeah and uh it's well yeah I uh I don't see why not <laughs> Do you think it helps kind of having something like a bit of fun and different to do on the race weekend instead of being like so serious just thinking about the race? Yeah, for me, I think it does because then you don't have to think about the race all that much. Uh, yeah, normally in recon, it's all really yeah, relaxed, especially yeah, like riding in the in yeah, a bit of a, with a friend group. Then, yeah, you can look at the lines with each other and stuff. And then if you edit the video, you see the lines again, of course, or you can ask someone what they did there. Uh, and then it's way easier to to point out or yeah, or see, or you can look back what lines the, the guys were writing. So I think it helps on multiple uh, on multiple levels. Yeah. And those aren't the only films that you've been in recently. So talk to us a bit about this new GCN film that you were in. Ah, yeah, GCN came... Past my uh, yeah, past my hometown, and then uh, I tried to learn uh, learn them how to bunny hop. It <laughs> was quite difficult, but uh, in the end, we got uh, yeah, we got some good results. I think. Is it hard teaching somebody a skill that to you is probably now like second nature? Yeah, it's hard to really explain what you're doing. That's mostly most of the time with these skills. Also, yeah, when I ask, yeah when you ask people how to wheelie or how to whip, they can't really explain it because it's just um, so automatic. Uh, so it's difficult to put yourself in the shoes of someone who can't do it yet and really think about what they're, what's not working yet for them and why they can't do it yet. Because for yourself, it's really easy. So you really have to think about what you're doing while you're doing it. And that makes it harder that it's not, uh, yeah, you can't go automatically anymore if you want to explain to someone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it must be hard. What would you give um, Mitch's attempts out of 10? Oh, he had some good ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He really had some good ones. Also some not so good ones. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah he, uh, he, he 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 wasn't really uh, afraid that that fast. That was really good, I think. I guess that's the whole thing with these skills is just not having fear, which is probably why I'd be rubbish at them. To be honest, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you have too much fear. It's uh, it's harder. Yeah, I know lots of women who can bunny up, but they yeah are too afraid to do it in the races. So mm. yeah, that's, yeah, you can do it, but you also have to want to do it and not be afraid of course yeah I guess it's just doing it those first few times like in the race just taking that risk and then like eventually because I know that a lot a lot of women can do it they just yeah if they don't do it in the race um it's interesting because it obviously has a massive benefit yeah yeah and gets 
harder also normally sometimes in the race i'm like yeah it's not really faster to jump here but i just yeah keep doing it because i know that maybe if i get better in it or yeah if there's another race where it's it's beneficial but it's harder to do then i know i've done it the races before uh, and yeah that's good for your confidence i think and you've kind of made a name for yourself by having these technical skills but do you find that other riders kind of i don't know look to you for advice or like look at what you're doing to try and improve i think and especially like the younger riders when there are races that have juniors do you ever have them coming up and being like will you teach me how to do this <laughs> yeah I've, I've had some questions about it but yeah as i said it's it's hard it's mostly just doing it yourself just yeah going out there a few times a week and just practice for uh for some minutes today also on the cross i went on cross training just to do some yeah bunny hops so i went to uh, incline uh incline part yeah the only climb in the in the neighborhood here and then put some uh diy barriers up there because i know in hoge height they will be uh also on a hill a bit and I hope yeah to get that advantage it's not that I don't practice it anymore so yeah if they just practice it's uh, it's the easiest the barriers on an uphill that sounds difficult <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's uh like in Tabor they're really on the uphill really steep and here I think it's a bit uh, like three four percent or something so you lose some speed in between so I had to had to practice that one already. How's it going? Did you crash at all? I didn't crash. Uh, Excellent. <laughs> I broke the barrier. <laughs> you broke the barrier. Yeah, it was like a, a log, and I it just snapped it in half. But uh, <laughs> eventually, it was okay. It went uh, quite well. <laughs> well. As long as it's only the barrier that broke, that's all yeah, right. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so, what does a typical like? So obviously, we're in the week run up to worlds what does this week look like for you getting ready for the race no really easy yesterday i didn't bike at all and tomorrow i'll only do some yeah, half an hour of uh, running so i have two yeah almost rest days and then the rest of the week i won't bike longer than uh, two hours and just uh, yeah really easy to to rest as much as possible and i guess you don't have to travel too far given that it's in the okay. netherlands it's good. I think I go on yeah, Friday to the course and then just uh, to the hotel in the close to the course and then it's yeah, next day is race day already. And um, what what do you kind of do when you're not riding? Because I I would find that I would get like really nervous if I couldn't yeah, if you're just not really doing much in preparation for like the biggest race of the year. So how do you kind of <laughs> I don't know, keep yourself a little bit distracted? Yeah, it's now in the week leading up to the Worlds, of course, you get a bit more nervous in between. Yeah, trying to distract myself a bit. Uh, yeah, YouTube, Netflix, maybe uh, some studying if I'm up to it, but mostly, most of the time, not that much. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I get by or I try to do some stretching or yeah, just uh, really take it easy. And um is Worlds the last cross race for you this year or are you going to keep racing afterwards? Uh, it's my last cross race, yeah. And then so when do you stop thinking about the mountain bike season? 
yeah, already a bit, but not too much. I think after cross, yeah, I'll have my rest period and then really the build-up starts. I don't know my uh, my program for mountain biking yet. Maybe I'll start as my first race in yeah at the first World Cup in uh, Novo Mesto, but maybe I'll do some races before it. I don't really know yet. Okay, because you're stepping up to elite there as well, right? This year. Yes. Yeah. For the World Cups. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to say, what does that um, like transition period look like between cyclocross and mountain biking? Obviously, there's quite a you know quite a few weeks now between this weekend and Nove Mesto. So, what do you kind of do to prepare for? You know, it's not all that different, but it is different. Yeah, of course. Yeah, now normally you have, of course, every weekend uh, race, and now you don't have that. Uh, last year, I actually got quite bored because I couldn't ride my bike or do anything. Um, so yeah, I'll, directly after Worlds, I go on winter sports for a week. So that's already one week without a bike. Um, and then, yeah, only two more weeks to survive. And then I try to do yeah, a bit more studying and that kind of stuff. And after that, when I'm on the bike again, it's... Well, mostly easy, easy riding, but I think also maybe some longer hours, more hours in the gym um, than in uh, yeah, than in competition week. And or I try to do a little training camp, go to uh, to Belgium or to the to the Ardennes or something to really uh, yeah yeah keep uh, keep doing something. And um, so I guess you do quite a bit of training on the road, but you don't really race on the road, do you? No, yeah, <laughs> that's true. But so, is that something you see in your future or we're just pushing you into all the disciplines here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's, it's hard. It's always when there's not cyclocross, there's mountain biking. And then last year I I looked at the schedule to maybe do some road racing. But yeah, between all the World Cups, yeah, I was then training or somewhere else. So then it was difficult to really do a road race. Um for this year, it's possible that I maybe do a few uh, few races, um, but there's nothing that much clear about that yet. So uh, we'll still we'll still have to see uh, how that one goes. But I think if I focus more on the road, it will be after uh, yeah in 2025 only. So in the, in like two years, three years, and then I guess yeah. it'll still only be what Sorry. like. 22 or something so it's yeah yeah <laughs> still young enough but, yeah. yeah I was gonna say I guess it's different for you than it is for like them and Shirin because because mountain biking is in the summer but also yeah you have Olympics to look forward to that you don't have for cyclocross so you have much less of a reason to like try out road racing well I mean it's not like Shirin is trying out she's a fully fledged road racer but but yeah like your main focus is is still mountain biking because there's so much more to achieve still yeah yeah for sure um yeah what mountain biking is for me is road racing uh, for sure and of course um and i think especially because in mountain biking yeah i've still so much to do i haven't ridden a race against the elites yet so i don't know what my place is there and then there's the olympics to look forward to and i really want to yeah to give that a go and then it's hard to uh, to combine road racing in that program. And um, when it comes to Shirin and, and Femme, 
you guys are obviously big rivals uh in cross but off the bike are you guys friendly like because I guess you grew up racing each other yeah yeah mostly friendly uh I've trained with femme once this winter and a few more times in summer uh Sharon lives somewhat farther away so that doesn't happen a lot but it's like in the races we're each other's yeah rivals and after the race we yeah we just have respect for each other I think and yeah it also helps that we're the same age so yeah we all have are a bit in the same um uh, how do you say it the same era of your life so for example uh yeah fem just finished one of her studies I think and Sharon is also still at university so that's also quite the same so you have a lot yeah to share with each other and also to help each other with that because uh, you can ask how they're combining things that's nice I mean I didn't expect you to say that you guys like you know we're fighting each other all the time or something but yeah <laughs> um going back to this weekend um what what are your thoughts on on the course for you is it a good one for you it's quite fast it won't rain so it's yeah it will be a really fast race I think I hope it will be a bit harder than in uh, than in Benidorm uh, fast races typically are good for me like I always perform well in the fast races but the downside to that is that Femme always performs really well in fast races so uh, yeah she really is a powerhouse in the sprint and also in the last lap um, so it will be a course that yeah both are suited to us but maybe a bit more uh, towards them okay yeah just I guess maybe a point to like round up round up on is like we're nearly at the end of the season now it's kind of weird because maybe the biggest race of the season is the last one to come but you can reflect on the season that's passed and how do you feel that it's gone like obviously you've done amazingly but are there any races where you're like oh I really wish I could have done better on that one or internet that like how are you thinking going into worlds and do you think that even if you didn't get the result you wanted at worlds like would that change your perception of the whole season Mm, no I don't think so I think it's also good for me that I already have the national champ jersey so I'll definitely have something uh, to ride in next season Uh, and yeah the season has been so amazing for me yeah the only yeah I think I pushed every race to my limit and that was also a goal for me that's why I also didn't do multiple races in a weekend because if I race I really want to just go all out and yeah not have anything left in the tank at the end and that's hard if you do it twice a weekend I think mentally for sure Mm. so yeah, worlds won't be ruined if I don't get on the podium or don't yeah or don't win. I think it's maybe how the race goes. Of course, if you have a mechanical, it's uh, quite a bummer. But yeah, if you get beaten fair and square, I yeah, also can live with that. It's just uh, in the end, it's just uh, racing, of course. So that's that's yeah, will be also okay. But it will be better to win, of course. Yeah. <laughs> well. Thank you for for joining us today, and good luck this weekend. We'll be yes, we'll be watching. We can't wait to see the action. Yes, no worries, and until next time. Oh, really?
about, I don't know about you, but I'm really looking forward to watching the World Championships this weekend. I'm super excited. Yeah, I think it's a bit weird because it's going to be strange like without people like Mariana Voss and Pauline Ferrand-Provo. But actually, I don't think that really takes away from the competition at all because I'm pretty sure it's going to be uh, these young guns who've been dominating the whole season are going to be up there again this weekend. So, yeah, just, you know, they've been shoulder to shoulder all year so who's going to take it on arguably the biggest race of them all yeah it's actually really interesting because only a year ago we had Marina Voss taking the world title and her and Lucinda Brand had a real like ding-dong battle for it and in 12 months we've seen a complete change of of the guard in in cyclocross racing so yeah I think even though we're not going to see the outgoing world champ race we've got the favorites and it's going to be a big yeah it's going to be exciting don't forget that if you want to watch Pook in the film the GCN film um you can head over there it's called there will be mud we'll put a link in the description so that you can check that out um and yeah what else have we got going on this week Tilda well it's quite exciting because tomorrow marks the 100th regular edition of the newsletter obviously we've done a bit more than 100 now with um uh with the additional content and everything like that but tomorrow is wcw 100 so we don't have tons and tons of plans because we only just had our christmas edition where we did some fun stuff but we are going to do a little giveaway um you have the chance to win a subscription to the paid tier of the newsletter um so all the details of that will be over on our twitter which again is linked in the description so do head over there if that's something you're interested in um and obviously if you're not a subscriber to the newsletter which i guess you may be you may have come over here just to listen to puck um but yeah do go over to the newsletter subscribe you hear from us every week more podcasts and stuff like that um so yeah that will all be in the description for you and we hope that you will enjoy that as much as you've enjoyed this yeah don't forget to to check that out and that's it I think from us this week thank you for listening uh everything Tilda just said check out the description subscribe do all of those things and have a great weekend bye bye Thank you.